Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Well, what I do is uh, I look a woman up and down, and I say, Hey, how you doing? And hey, how are you doing, everybody? Jim McCarron's here with the good, the bad, and the TV on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you do, subscribe to us and then rate the show on iTunes. You can find us there or on your other favorite directories like Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and, of course, on Twitter at Believe Podcasts. And if you'd like some info on advertising on this or any Believe show, just reach out to Believe at Believe.com. It's that simple. you got to believe. Now let's believe in the good, the bad, and the TV. The year is 2016. It's a leap year, and a bad one. 49 people are killed at a gay nightclub in Orlando. Terrorists kill 35 people in suicide bombings in Brussels. Egypt Air Flight 804 crashes on a trip from Paris to Cairo. Brexit is approved amid verbal carnage in the UK. And well-known names included on the considerable list of the dead on a particularly bad year are David Bowie, Glenn Fry, Maurice White, George Martin, Merle Haggard, Prince, Alan Rickman, Patty Duke, Harper Lee, Muhammad Ali, Carrie Fisher. Hell, even long rumored to have died, Abe Vigoda gave up the ghost in 2016 at last. He was 132. In 2016, Pokemon Go captures the world, and the world gathers in Rio for the Summer Olympics. Plus, the Chicago Cubs actually win the World Series for the first time in 108 years. If that's not unreal enough, there's also a U.S. presidential race this year pitting the first woman ever nominated from a major party against a real estate developer turned game show host. He's grabbed the Republican nomination and attracted the ire of some in Hollywood in the process. Tons of conflict and crosstalk is the result. Social media devolves into something that can only be called anti-social media. In the summer of 2016, what was first a strange rumor becomes a reality when the four-person cast of the long-canceled sitcom Will & Grace TV series reunites for a special 10-minute-only, online-only reunion episode. Same actors, same characters, same producers, same premise, same set. Just increased snark to go with the times. Ostensibly, the bit is produced as a sort of get-out-the-vote initiative for the coming election. But in reality, it seems more to be encouraging people not to vote for Donald Trump. Whatever. It's little more than an extended, self-contained sketch with a point of view. Very SNL. It's cute. The result, so much attention that NBC interprets that as a referendum to revive the show for real and orders Will and Grace back as a weekly series as of 2017. It's bad. Now really just a half hour SNL sketch, it's pretty much devoid of any reason for being or connection to the original show. But the cast and characters are loved, TV is starved, and viewers tune in. At first anyway. Then the novelty wears off and viewership settles into the low who cares. In the new normal of TV, though, that's enough to deem it a hit, and Will and Grace sticks around for a total of three of these now bonus what-were-they-thinking seasons. And in the new normal of TV, other producers and networks are encouraged by the publicity and the headlines it generates, and quite possibly by the success of the second coming of none other than Full House on Netflix back in the same 2016 to bring on a stampede of same-show, same-cast continuations. Roseanne, Murphy Brown, Gilmore Girls, Mad About You, X-Files, Prison Break, 
Veronica Mars, Twin Peaks, same shows, same cast, fewer viewers, which hasn't exactly slowed the stampede. Coming soon, continuations, new episodes of 30-something, Amazing Stories, and I kid you not, Punky Brewster and Walker, Texas Ranger, though not together. Look, good luck with all that, I guess. Maybe everybody involved knows something that history doesn't, because history tells us that these same cast, same show, weekly revivals just kind of don't work. Digging up and dusting off the bones of old TV series is an idea as old as TV itself. Remakes, reunions, returns, they all date back 50 years or more as one-offs that pique curiosities and all but guarantee tune-in due to built-in audiences. But weekly series with the same cast, essentially doing the same show, years later, that column's a bit shorter, and the rate of return, shorter still. From 1953 to 1964, nightclub performer Danny Thomas starred in the appropriately titled sitcom Danny Thomas Show, though it was known as Make Room for Daddy in its first three seasons. That'll become significant in a minute. The Danny Thomas Show was so popular and left such an imprint on both his career and on TV in general that after it ended, it came back in reunion form three times over the next five years, each of which did well enough, ultimately leading to an all-new series come 1970 called Make Room for Granddaddy, which didn't. Turns out there's a difference between a special revival and a series revival, chiefly that a series revival ain't so special. Back in the same 1950s that featured The Danny Thomas Show, there was a sitcom called The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, starring Ozzie and Harriet Nelson and their two real-life teenage sons. Uber popular, the family sitcom lasted an incredible 14 years, until 1966. Six years later, the Nelsons returned in what was basically the same show, parents living under the same roof of two young college people. This time out, though, the two people, the younger people, were females in need of a place to stay while attending college. It lasted a not-so-incredible single season. In the 1980s, the growing syndication marketplace meant an increased need for first-run, or original, sitcoms. And that led to a rasher of same-cast, same-show revivals that stretched the definition of original. On the list of shows, and I'm just the messenger here, The the Monsters Today, The New Gidget, What's Happening Now, and, wait for it, Still the Beaver. Remember them? Maybe not. By the way, one and done, two-hour, same cast, same premise reunion movies, that same 1980s decade, like I Dream of Jeannie and The Return of the Andy Griffith Show, major, major hits. Two of the worst attempts at same cast, same show revivals are tied to the same one name, Sherwood Schwartz, producer of Gilligan's Island and The Brady Bunch. He revived each of those minor network hits, turned major rerun favorites multiple times after each's original primetime run. The two-hour rescue from Gilligan's Island was so highly rated that it led to not one but two other reunion movies, each lesser viewed than the one before. It was this third attempt that probably killed the franchise altogether. Unbelievably titled and about the Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island, it stands alone as one of the silliest TV project ever aired. It put an end to Gilligan's Island altogether. Call it the law of diminishing returns. The Brady Bunch, on the other hand, has had more lives than Abe Vigoda. Originally running on ABC from 1969 to 1974, it came back as a 1976 ABC variety series, don't ask, an NBC movie of the week in 1981 called The Brady Girls Get Married, followed by a sitcom that same year called The Brady Brides, 
1988 holiday movie called A Very Brady Christmas, and finally, a 1990 drama. Yes, a one-hour drama. As to that, A Very Brady Christmas had done so well for CBS, it actually was the highest-rated TV show on any network the week it aired, that it led to an order for more Brady movies. But somehow that idea devolved into developing a weekly Brady drama, focusing on the grown-up years of the now-aging Brady family. So somehow, someone, somewhere felt that the sunny 60s-inspired tie-dyed original sitcom about the hijinks of a newly blended family dealing with runaway dogs and the dangers of tattling should now be reimagined as Brady something, in which Marcia is an alcoholic, Peter's in an abusive relationship, Jan is trying to adopt a Korean orphan, and Bobby is confined to a wheelchair as a paraplegic. And yes, the show used a laugh track. Brady something ended up being Brady nothing. The Brady's was gone inside of two cringeworthy months. In the long history of television, I'm guessing that the number of TV series that have successfully been revived with the same cast years after being canceled can likely be counted on just one hand, maybe even just a few fingers. Jack Webb's cop drama Dragnet, produced by and starring the dry Just the Facts Jack Webb, had life as a radio show in the 1940s, a black and white TV show in the 50s, and then a color TV series called Dragnet 67 in the late 1960s, all starring Webb. Notably, for what it's worth, Dragnet failed as a 2003 remake starring Ed O'Neill. And in 1984, Showtime Premium Cable continued the acclaimed single-season 1978 CBS law school drama The Paper Chase with original stars James Stevens and John Houseman. It went on for a couple more years. I'll ask you what some of the others might be on that single hand. Are there any? Same show, same cast, years later. You tell me. Do continuations, not sequels like Aftermath or retreads like MacGyver or Magnum P.I., but same cast, same show continuations work? Can they? I'm not sure I believe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.